0: Hi and welcome to Itama um, 2.0. We're going to be starting at the end of Chagiga, Chaf Dalad Amad Aleph 24a. Um, if you're in the original, we're about ten lines up from the bottom on 24a and Chaf Dalad Amad Aleph at the colon, the two dots, and it uh, and it goes like this. Now I just want to give a little bit of words of caution. Um, we are almost finished with the tuma and tahara, with purity and impurity discussions, which are very complicated. And today will probably be the climax of the complication. So let's let's get into it. Uvechruma imitmes. In the case of Truma, if one person's hand, if a person's hand, one hand becomes tame, then what the Mishnah tells us is that the other one is tahar. But in the case of, but for kodesh, but in order to touch kodesh. Um, if one hand becomes Tameh, the second one becomes Tameh as well. Um, that's what the Mishnah tells us. So now we're going to talk about this. Amar HaShizvi, HaShizvi says, in shano." This law that in Kodesh, the second hand becomes Tameh, becomes impure, that's only true if the first hand, the Tameh hand, touches the second hand as the second hand touches Kodesh. Then we say that the second hand becomes Tameh, even though generally um, one hand will not make the second hand Tameh. But if they are touching at the time that the second hand is touching Kodesh, then the first hand makes the second one Tameh, and then the second hand makes the Kodesh Tameh. And the reason for that being that we are worried that if you have one hand touching a second hand, while the second hand is touching Kodesh, and... We worry that the first hand may accidentally touch Kodesh. The first hand is Tameh. So we make a broad rule and say that the second hand we also look at as Tameh. And um, and therefore um, and, and therefore that will keep us from, from any sort of mistakes. So now the Gemara is going to ask, Is this really true? Abaye asks on Rav Shizvi, who says that the second hand only becomes Tameh from the first hand, if in fact it's touching the Kodesh and the first hand at the same time, he has a question on this. He has a challenge. Yad from a Braissa that says, Yad metama chavarta. A dry hand that is tameh makes the other makes the second hand tame. let lakodesh kodesh. Um in um to so that if the second hand touches Kodesh, the second the Kodesh becomes Tame. Avalolo Chuma, but this is not true when it comes to Chuma. The first hand does not make the second hand Tameh when it comes to Truma. Divrei Rebbe, these are the words of Rebbe. Rebbe Yossi, Yossi, the son of Rebbe Yehuda, says lift soul. Um, when we talk about the one hand making, or the dry hand making the second hand Tameh um, for Kodesh, that's only true... It only makes the Kodesh Puzzle, not tummy. What's the difference between Puzzle of a Lola tame, but not Tame? What's the difference between Puzzle and tummy? Puzzle means that it itself becomes impure, but it does not have the ability to make something else impure if it touches it. And tummy means that it becomes impure and it has the ability to make something else impure. So you have the first opinion that says that the dry hand touches the second hand. The second hand makes the Kodesh impure Enough to make something else impure if it touches it, and you have Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Huda, who says that that's not the case. It can make the kodesh impure, but that's it. The kodesh can, that is not does not have enough impurity to a high enough level of impurity to make something else impure. So now we're asking as follows: Now it's understandable if you say that um, that one hand will contaminate the second hand even if they are not touching when the second hand is touching kodesh then that's the of rebbe that's the novelty of what rebbe is telling us that the first hand can make the second hand tame even if the first hand is dry because generally in order to make something else tameh, you would need to be wet you need to be hushar you need to be wet you need to have something that can transfer the tumah and Rabbi's chiddush, Rabbi's novel idea is, is that the first hand can make the second hand tame even if it is dry. Then that's a chiddush. Elii amr in. But if you say that the only that the Mishnah was only saying its stringency, that the second hand becomes tame and makes the kodesh tame, is if it's touching the first hand at the same time. Then that doesn't make much sense. Um, and if they're not touching it, um, if they're not ch- touching each other while the second hand is touching the Chuma, the Kodesh, I'm sorry, then they don't become, then it does not become Tameh. What difference does it make then that they're dry or not? Meaning as follows. For one hand to make a second hand Tameh without getting wet, without being wet, is a Chiddush. That is something that is a novel idea. However, if the whole time we say that the second hand only becomes tame if it's touching the first hand while it's touching the kodesh, then it really has nothing. Then the reason the second hand becomes tame has nothing to do with actual Tuma, right? It's because we don't want people to make mistakes, and mis, you know, and um, and we assume that the first hand is going to be touching the kodesh at the same time. So therefore, we, in order to kind of make it clear that no matter what, you're going to be Tameh here, um, we make the second hand Tameh. Then it really makes no difference whether your first hand is dry or not. Because the point is is that a dry hand, of course, can make food stuff Tameh, can make Kodesh Tameh. That's not a Chedesh. That's not a novel idea. So the only way we'd have a novelty by mentioning the dry hand idea is if, in fact, the... If in fact, the second hand can become tummy from the first hand, even while it's not touching the Kodesh, because if it's while it's touching the Kodesh, it makes no difference if the first hand is dry or not. That's irrelevant because the whole worry then has really nothing to do with the second hand. The whole worry has to do with the first hand touching Kodesh because it's touching the second hand that's touching Kodesh. And And if the whole worry is the first hand touching Kodesh, then... That's, that makes no difference whether it's dry, that it's a dry hand or not, because even a, a dry hand can perfectly make Kodesh Tameh. So there would be no chiddush, there would be no novelty by sharing that concept. So that's why Abayeh says that that's not the case. Abayeh is saying that the Mishnah actually is teaching us that even if the first hand touches the second hand, um, well, when, when the second hand is not touching Kodesh, the first hand makes the second hand Tameh, um which is a novel idea and um we'll then go ahead and of course if later on the second hand touches Kodish, it will become Tame as well okay so now we're gonna now that we've spoken about one hand making a second one Tame, um we're now going to give another um talk about another um case where of one hand making a second one Tame. it's marnami it was also stated So I think something very important to point out here is usually when we have the word Nami, that means also, which seems, which makes a connection between the last thing we discussed and almost a corroborate. Usually it would be a corroboration of the last thing that was discussed. So in order to avoid confusion, many take out the word Nami here because this is not a corroboration of the last thing we discussed. This is actually a new discussion. So that's very important to point out. It's Mar Nami. It was also stated. But really, it was stated. Rishakish said, "Lo shanu This idea that one hand will contaminate a second hand, and then can, which can then contaminate kodesh, which usually we wouldn't say could happen, that's a stringency. That's only regarding his own hand, his own his own second hand. But if one person's hand touches his friend's hand, and then that friend's hand touches kodesh, that will not become Tame. For Rabbi so it's only a stringency that we apply to one's own hand, not to someone else's hand. Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Ochanan says, um, Rabbi Yochanan says, No, it also applies to someone else's hand. Furthermore, um, This stringency applies only to a hand that was touched by that hand, which was originally tummy. Meaning, if the if one person's hand touches another touch, touches his second hand and then that second hand touches someone else's hand, then that, that will not work. That will not um, give over tuma. The second hand only becomes tame if it um, as far as Kodesh is concerned, but it cannot make a third hand tame. Lift soul of Alolatame. Furthermore, when we talk about the second hand becoming Tame, it only can it only can make Kodesh puzzle but not Tame. It only makes a Kodesh unfit, meaning impure, where it itself becomes unfit, but not impure enough that it can make something else impure if it touches it. Mimai. So now we're going to try to find sources. From where do we know that the first hand can contaminate even someone else's hand, right? Like the second opinion. Mide Katani Seifa. You can learn it from the later part of the Mishnah, where it said, Shehayad la kodesh where it says a hand makes its counterpart, its sec- um, tameh with regards to Kodesh and not with regards to Chuma. And the question is, is hasu Why do I need the Mishnah to teach this last clause, this last th- the last sentence I just quoted, hatanali Didn't we already say this in the first part of the Mishnah, where it said, and with regard to Chuma, if one of a person's hands becomes Tame, its second one is still tahar, but with regard to Kodesh, he has to immerse both of them. Wouldn't we, according what, um, wouldn't, isn't the second sentence um, really just a repetition of the first sentence, and therefore it should not be necessary. It must be teaching us something else. What is it teaching us? Rather, it must be that it's teaching us to include the hand of your friend, that your hand can be metame, can make impure, contaminate the friend of your fellow, and to the extent that your friend of your fellow's hand now will be able to make Kodesh um, unfit. Okay? And now we point out, resh And even Raish Lakish, he comes around to agree with Rabbi Yochanan, um, even though at first he said that um, your person's hand cannot contaminate his friend's hand, he ended up retracting and coming around to the view of Rabbi Yochanan that it can. The Amar Amar... Rabbi Ami, Amar Reish Lakish because Rabbi said in the name of Rabbi Ami who said in the name of Reish Lakish Echad Yadov, Echad Yad Chavero whether it's his other hand or whether it's it's his second hand or whether it's his friend's hand um, it can go ahead so this is Rabbi in the name of Rabbi Ami in the name of Reish Lakish and he says whether it's your second hand or whether it's your friend's hand you can, your first hand will be able to contaminate it and furthermore Rabbi Yad. the the, when we talk about um um, a hand being able to contaminate the second hand we only talk about the original hand being able to contaminate a second hand Um, the second hand that touched the first hand the original one cannot make another hand tame so it has to be come in contact with the original hand and furthermore when we do say that the second hand is able to um, contaminate Kodesh, that's only lift soul, that's only to make it unfit, but not to make it tamis, to the extent that it can now it make contaminate something else. Okay, so now we're going to talk about that last statement, the lift soul, avaloletame tanaihi. This idea that the second hand can make Kodesh unfit, but not impure enough to make something else impure if it touches it, is actually a machlokas tanaiim, it's actually a dispute between... Um, sages of the Mishnah. It's not because we learned in the Mishnah as follows Kol haposal bitruma Anything that makes truma unfit through contact Metame yodayim lihios shneos. So again, anything that makes truma unfit through contact Makes the hands tummy as shinio. So that's a second degree of Tuma the Yad Metame and a hand Makes it the second hand tameh. divri Rabbi Yehoshua. These are the words of Rabbi Yehoshua. Orim, and the sages say, Yodayim shneos The hands are in general considered shneos, already considered second degree of Tuma. The ein shani and a second degree of Tuma cannot make what it touches into a second degree of Tuma. And seemingly, the inference is, is my love is shani who the low avid. Now, seemingly, what it seems to be saying is that a one hand, which is a shani, cannot make a second hand um, into, um, into a shani. But what it could do is, is hashlishi avid. But it could make the second hand into a shlishi. Um, so, what we end up coming out with is as follows. According to Rabbi Yehoshua, what it seems is is that Anything that makes truma unfit through contact makes the hands tummy as sheneals, which would then mean That So so sorry, yeah, so so what, what that would what then mean is um that one hand makes the second hand into um, a shani as well, right? Because anything that makes truma unfit through contact makes the hand tummy as a shani. So according to Rabbi you have one hand. It it would make truma unfit through contact, so it would therefore make the second hand into a shani, um, which would then mean that if it touches kodesh, it makes his kodesh into a shlishi, which in turn can make other kodesh then into a ravi, which means that the kodesh is something that is unfit. Um, that would be how we would explain Rabbi Yoshua. Um, and then according to the sages, where he says a shani, the hand itself cannot make the second hand into a shani, which means it only makes it into a shlishi. That according to and the shlishi could make kodesh unfit on the level of a revi, but that's all that it can do because a revi cannot pass on impurity even. Um, to, To anything. So what we end up seeing here, then, is that we have a machlokas, we have a dispute between Rabbi Yeshua and the sages. Rabbi Yeshua would seem to say that, in fact, the Kodesh that is touched by the second hand could, in fact, make some types of other things impure, such as other Kodesh, whereas the sages argue and say that is not the case. So now the Gemara says, perhaps we don't necessarily have conclusive proof that we have a machlokas, that we have a dispute about this. Dilmelo shani How do you know that the sages mean that the first hand makes the second one a shlishi? Perhaps they mean that the first hand makes the second hand neither a shani nor a shlishi. Meaning, in other words, maybe they just disagree altogether with the stringency of our Mishnah, and they believe that one hand does not affect the other one at all, even with regard to Kodesh. But those who do subscribe to the stringency of our Mishnah, that a second hand, that one hand makes a second hand Tameh, impure, it would mean that it would make the second hand a Shani, which would then can mean that, um, which then can mean everybody would agree that, um, or at least, Everybody could theoretically agree that the second hand makes Kodesh into a Shlishi, which would mean that the Shlishi now, the Kodesh now, that Kodesh could make other Kodesh impure. So we really don't know that we have a Machlokas Tanayim, that we have a Machlokas between the sages, um, whether the second hand um, is able to make the If you subscribe to the stringency of the Mishnah, we don't have clear proof that there is a machlokes tanayim at least, that there's a machlokes at least on the level of scholars of the Mishnah, um, whether the second hand can make Kodesh unfit and therefore not able to impurify something else, contaminate something else, or tameh and therefore make something able to contaminate something else. We don't have a clear proof on that. Um so Ella Kihani Tanai. Rather the issue of whether the second hand has the ability to make the kodesh into tameh versus unfit is actually um, is is actually dependent on the following disputes between Tanayim, between scholars of the Mishnah, De Tanya, because we learned in a as follows, um, and this is a Braisa that we saw earlier. Yad neguva metamez chavarta. We say a dry hand that is tameh makes the second hand tameh, latameh makodesh, which is Tame enough to make Kodesh Tame of Lola Chuma, but not to make chuma Tame. Divir Rabbi, that those are the words of Rabbi. Rabbios Yehuda omer, Rabyosi, the son of Rabbi Huda says. Osayad. The stringency applies only to that hand, which was originally tame. Only that is able to give over the type of tuma to something else that can then make Kodesh um Tame. So we already said that. Lif Sol of Lola And furthermore. The stringency is only meant to give the second hand the ability to make kodesh unfit, but not actually tame to the extent that it can now contaminate something else. So it's clearly then a machlokus tanayim whether the stringency that a hand makes tame it, a second hand, um, whether it is um, makes the, it's clearly a machlokus tanayim whether it can make the tame, the kodesh into something that is tame or if it makes it into just being unfit and that's what we would seem to see because it's very clear that in this mission and this brysa which is again scholars from the mishnaic age we would seem to see very clearly that they would hold that um that all it does is make it unfit but not tame. whereas we saw in the previous brysa that we quoted i'm sorry the uh, the mishnah that we quoted um, where Rabbi Yeshua very clearly feels that it actually can make it Tameh, not just unfit. So what we end up having is a Machlokas Tanayim, a Machlokas of scholars of the Mishnaic age, whether, in fact, the second hand can make Kodesh Tameh, which would mean that it can contaminate something else, or just unfit, um, and it could not contaminate something else. Okay, we're now going to discuss the Mishnah's tenth stringency that Ch- Kodesh has over Chuma. You're allowed to eat dry foods with contaminated hands in the case of Truma, but not in the case of Kodesh. Because the rule generally is is that um, if a food is not wet, then it cannot contract Truma, impurity. So we say that we apply that to Truma, but not into the case of Kodesh. With Kodesh, we are going to be extra stringent and say that even if your hands are dry, uh, I'm sorry, even if the food is dry, you still cannot eat from it. Tanya, we learned in a Rabbi Hanina ben Antignos. Rabbi ben Antignos said, Is there any advantage to something dry in the case of kodesh? Right, meaning, what's the chiddush? What's the novelty of our Mishnah that that if that dry food you um, that you cannot eat it with um, contaminated hands if the food is kodesh? That would seem to be obvious. We, show, we don't need a Mishnah to teach us that because being dry in a, a, regarding Kodesh is actually makes no difference. Why? The very esteem that people have for Kodesh makes them susceptible to Tumah, even without becoming wet. So why do we need a Mishnah to tell us that this is a problem? There seems to be this very well-known idea that the esteem that we have for Kodesh makes it hochshar, makes it susceptible to Tumah, even without being wet. That's the question we have here. So we answer, So we say, no. Where the Mishnah's um, idea is necessary, what the Mishnah's stringency is necessary, um, goes like this. Um, The reason we need the Mishnah to teach us that you um, you cannot eat dry foods with contaminated hands for Kodesh is as follows. For a case where one's friend stuck Kodesh foods into his mouth for him, or which he stuck the Kodesh food into his own mouth using a toothpick or stick, he wanted to eat a radish or onion of chulin together with the kodesh that he's eating so again so he's tame and but the way he's getting the kodesh into his mouth is either his friends putting it in um sorry his hands are tame and the way he's getting the Kodesh into his mouth is either his friends putting it into his mouth or he's using um toothpick so he's not using his own hand but as he's eating Kodesh he also wants to eat a radish or onion of Hulin together with the Kodesh um, um and what he's doing is then is using his hand to put the that hulin to put the radish or the onion into his mouth um now his hand cannot be metame, cannot make impure the radish or the onion, because those are chulin, um, and a hand does not make a um, it does not make a hand which is a shani, a second degree of tumah, does not make a third degree of tumah for chulin. So theoretically, what he's doing is all completely fine. Um to so, and this is the case that the Mishnah is referring to, Lakodish Rabanan. For Kodish food, the rabbis decreed that they cannot be eaten simultaneously with the Hulan food that he's using his tame hands to do because we're worried that perhaps the um, his hand will touch the Kodish which is already in his mouth and render it tame. Truma but for Truma foods the rabbis did not decree regarding them that they should not be eaten with Khulin foods with his tume hands. Um, so we ext- we have this decree for Kodesh where we're more stringent, but not for Chuma. Now, how exactly? So now let's just remind ourselves the way the Mishnah said, the stringency is that you cannot eat dry foods with contaminated hands. And what we're saying when it comes to Kodesh, and what we're really saying is, is that you cannot eat dry Chulin foods with contaminated hands. And it really makes a difference whether they're dry or wet. So you can't eat Hulin foods with contaminated hands while you're eating Kodesh in a permissible way, either through a toothpick or someone else putting it into your mouth. So the, the where how we see in the words of the Mishnah, this stringency is, a, is, is an important discussion that we won't have today, but certainly something to be aware of. Okay, let's talk about the last stringency in the Mishnah. We said that an onen, someone that who um, is um, lost a loved one and has not been buried yet, and a mechusar This is somebody that went through a purification process and did everything except for brought the korban. Um, in some purification processes, you need to bring a sacrifice the next day, so he didn't do that. But um, and what we said about that is that he has to immerse himself for kodesh, but not for chumah my time. Well, what's the reason that these people have to immerse themselves for Kodesh? Um, they're not Tameh, they're not impure. So we answer. So we say since, it, until this point in time, they were not allowed to eat Kodesh. It's because you're not allowed to eat Kodesh if you're an Onan and you're not allowed to eat Kodesh if you were going through this purification process um, until you reach this last step. So we say that because you're going from the transition from not being allowed to eat Kodesh to now being allowed to, at we required you to immerse first. Um, so that's the idea here. Okay. Um, I think this is a good place to stop. Um, there's a lot of complicated things, and we'll pick up from the Mishnah on the bottom of 24b um, in our next uh, in our next podcast. Take good care. hi and welcome to um e 2.0 we're going to be starting at the end of chagiga chaf daled amad aleph 24a um if you're in the original we're about 10 lines up from the bottom on 24a and chaf daled amad aleph at the colon the two dots and it uh and it goes like this now i just want to give a little bit of words of caution Um, we are almost finished with the Tuma and Tahara with purity and impurity discussions, which are very complicated and today will probably be the climax of the complication. So let's let's get into it. Uvituma imnitmeis. in the case of Truma, if one hand, if a person's hand, one hand becomes Tame, then what the Mishnah tells us is that the other one is Tahar. but in the case of but for Kodesh, but in order to touch Kodesh, um, if one hand becomes Tameh, the second one becomes Tameh as well. Um, that's what the Mishnah tells us. So now we're going to talk about this. Amar HaShizvi says, in This law that in Kodesh, the second hand becomes Tameh, becomes impure, that's only true if the first hand, the Tameh hand, touches the second hand as the second hand touches Kodesh. Then we say that the second hand becomes Tame, even though generally um, one hand will not make the second hand Tame, but if they are touching at the time that the second hand is touching Kodesh, then the first hand makes the second one Tame, and then the second hand makes the Kodesh Tame, and the reason for that being that we are worried that if you have one hand touching a second hand, while the second hand is touching Kodesh, and we worry that the first hand may accidentally touch Kodesh. The first hand is Tameh. So we make a broad rule and say that the second hand we also look at as Tameh. And um, and therefore, um, and, and therefore that will keep us from, from any sort of mistakes. So now the Gemara is going to ask, Is this really true? Abaye asks on Rav Shizvi, who says that the second hand only becomes Tameh from the first hand, if in fact it's touching the Kodesh, and the first hand at the same time, he has a question on this. He has a challenge. Yad neguv from a brayso that says Yad metama chavarta. A dry hand that is tame makes the other makes the second hand tame. Letame la kodesh. Um, in um to so that if the second hand touches kodesh, the second the kodesh becomes tame. Avalolo chuma, but this is not true when it comes to chuma. The first hand does not make the second hand Tame when it comes to Truma. Divrei Rebbe, these are the words of Rebbe. Rebbe Yossi, Rabbi Yossi, the son of Rebbe Yehuda, says lift soul. Um, when we talk about the one hand making, or the dry hand making the second hand Tame um, for Kodesh, that's only true. It only makes the Kodesh Puzzle, not tummy. What's the difference between Puzzle of a Lola tame, but not tummy? What's the difference between Puzzle and tummy? Puzzle means that it itself becomes impure, but it does not have the ability to make something else impure if it touches it. And tummy means that it becomes impure, and it has the ability to make something else impure. So you have the first opinion that says that the dry hand touches the second hand. The second hand makes the Kodesh impure, enough to make something else impure if it touches it and you have rabbi yosef who says that that's not the case it can make the kodesh impure but that's it the kodesh can is not does not have enough impurity to a high enough level of impurity to make something else impure so now we're asking as follows now it's understandable if you say that um that one hand will contaminate the second hand even if they are not touching when the second hand is touching Kodesh, then that's the khidish of Rebbe. That's the novelty of what Rebbe is telling us that the first hand can make the second hand Tameh even if the first hand is dry. Because generally, in order to make something else Tameh, you would need to be wet. You would need to be Huxar. You would need to be wet. You would need to have something that can transfer the tuma. And Rabbi's chiddush, Rabbi's novel idea is, is that the first hand can make the second hand tame even if it is dry. Then that's a chiddush. bechiburin In, but if you say that the only that the Mishnah was only saying its stringency, that the second hand becomes tame and makes the kodesh tame, is if it's touching the first hand at the same time. Then that doesn't make much sense. Um, Shalova and Lo, and if they're not touching it, um, if they're not ch- touching each other while the second hand is touching the chuma, the Kodesh, I'm sorry, then they don't become then it does not become Tameh. Myravus and the neguva what difference does it make then that they're dry or not? Meaning as follows for one hand to make a second hand Tameh without getting wet, without being wet, is a chidish. That is something that is a novel idea however if the whole time we say that the second hand only becomes tame if it's touching the first hand while it's touching the kodesh then it really has nothing then the reason the second hand becomes tame has nothing to do with actual tuma. right it's because we don't want people to make mistakes and mis, you know and um and we assume that the first hand is going to be touching the kodesh at the same time So therefore, we, in order to kind of make it clear that no matter what, you're going to be tame here, um, we make the second hand tame. Then it really makes no difference whether your first hand is dry or not. Because the point is is that a dry hand, of course, can make food stuff tame, can make kodesh tame. That's not a chedesh. That's not a novel idea. So the only way we'd have a novelty by mentioning the dry hand idea is if, in fact, the... If in fact, the second hand can become tummy from the first hand, even while it's not touching the Kodesh, because if it's while it's touching the Kodesh, it makes no difference if the first hand is dry or not. That's irrelevant because the whole worry then has really nothing to do with the second hand. The whole worry has to do with the first hand touching Kodesh because it's touching the second hand that's touching Kodesh. And if and if the whole worry is the first hand touching kodesh, then that's that makes no difference whether it's dry that it's a dry hand or not, because even a, a dry hand can perfectly make kodesh tameh. So there would be no chiddush, there would be no novelty by sharing that concept. So that's why Avaya says that that's not the case. Avayy is saying that the Mishnah actually is teaching us that even if the first hand touches the second hand, um, while when when the second hand's not touching kodesh. The first hand makes the second hand Tame, um, which is a novel idea. And um, we'll then go ahead. And of course, if later on the second hand touches Kodesh, it will become Tame as well. Okay. So now we're going to, now that we've spoken about one hand making a second one Tame, um, we're now going to give another, um, talk about another um, case where of one hand making a second one Tame. It's Marnami, It was also stated. So I think something very important to point out here is usually when we have the word Nami, that means also, which seems which makes a connection between the last thing we discussed and almost a corroborate. Usually it would be a corroboration of the last thing that was discussed. So in order to avoid confusion, many take out the word Nami here because this is not a corroboration of the last thing we discussed. This is actually a new discussion. So that's very important to point out. It's Marnami, Nami. It was also stated. But really, it was stated. Rishakis said, "Lo shanu This idea that one hand will contaminate a second hand, and then which can then contaminate kodesh, which usually we wouldn't say could happen—that's a stringency. That's only regarding his own hand, his own his own second hand. But if one person's hand touches his friend's hand, and then that friend's hand touches kodesh, that will not become Tameh. For Rabbi Amar. So it's only a stringency that we apply to one's own hand, not to someone else's hand. Rabbi and Rabbi Ochanan says, um, Rabbi Ochanan says, No, it also applies to someone else's hand. Furthermore, Hayad, um, this stringency applies only to a hand that was touched by that hand, which was originally tummy. Meaning, if the if one person's hand touches another, touch, touches his second hand and then that second hand touches someone else's hand, then that that will not work. That will not um, give over tuma. The second hand only becomes tame if it um, as far as Kodesh is concerned, but it cannot make a third hand Tame. Lift soul of Alola Tame. Furthermore, when we talk about the second hand becoming Tameh, it only can it only can make Kodesh puzzle, but not Tame. It only makes a Kodesh unfit, meaning impure, where it itself becomes unfit, but not impure enough that it can make something else impure if it touches it. Mimai. So now we're going to try to find sources. From where do we know that the first hand can contaminate even someone else's hand, right? Like the second opinion. Mide Katani Seifa. You can learn it from the later part of the Mishnah, where it said, Shehayad metamachavrta lakodesh where it says, a hand makes its counterpart, its sec- um, tameh with regards to Kodesh and not with regards to Chuma. And the question is, is hasu Why do I need the Mishnah to teach this last clause, this last th- the last sentence I just quoted? Didn't we already say this in the first part of the Mishnah, where it said, and with regard to Chuma, if one of a person's hands becomes tameh, its second one is still tahar, but with regard to Kodesh, he has to immerse both of them. Wouldn't we, according what, um, wouldn't, isn't the second sentence um, really just a repetition of the first sentence, and therefore it should not be necessary. It must be teaching us something else. What is it teaching us? El Rather, it must be that it's teaching us La to include the hand of your friend, that your hand can be metame, can make impure, contaminate the friend of your fellow, and to the extent that your friend of your fellow's hand now will be able to make Kodesh um, unfit. Okay. And now we point out, resh lakish And even Rish Lakish, he comes around to agree with Rabbi Yochanan, um, even though at first he said that a um, person's hand cannot contaminate his friend's hand, he ended up retracting and coming around to the view of Rabbi Yochanan that it can. The Amar Rabbi Ami, Amar Reish Lakish, because Rabbi Ona said in the name of Rabbi Ami, who said in the name of Reish Lakish, Echad Yadov, Echad Yad Haveru, whether it's his other hand, or whether it's whether it's his second hand, or whether it's his friend's hand, Ba'osa, um it can go ahead. So this is Rabbi Ona in the name of Rabbi Ami, in the name of Reish Lakish, and he says whether it's your second hand or whether it's your friend's hand, you can, your first hand will be able to contaminate it. And furthermore, Ba'osa Yad. Um, the the when we talk about um, um a hand being able to contaminate the second hand we only talk about the original hand being able to contaminate a second hand um, the second hand that touched the first hand the original one cannot make another hand tame. so it has to be come in contact with the original hand and furthermore when we do say that the second hand is able to um, contaminate kodesh, that's only lift soul, that's only to make it unfit, but not to make it tames to the extent that it can now it make contaminate something else. Okay, so now we're going to talk about that last statement. The lift soul, avalolitame tanahi. This idea that the second hand can make Kodesh unfit, but not impure enough to make something else impure if it touches it, is actually a machlokis tanaim. It's actually a dispute between um, sages of the Mishnah. It's not because we learned in the Mishnah as follows: Kol ha'posal anything that makes truma unfit through contact, metame So again, anything that makes truma unfit through contact makes the hands tame as shenios So that's a second degree of tuma. The yad metama and a hand makes its the second hand tame. Divri Rabbi Yehoshua. These are the words of Rabbi Yehoshua. And the sages say, The hands are in general considered shneos, already considered second degree of Tuma. The O and a second degree of Tuma cannot make what it touches into a second degree of Tuma. And seemingly the inference is, is my love, Hu the Lo now, similarly, what it seems to be saying is that a one hand, which is a shani, cannot make a second hand, um, into um into a shani. But what it could do is is hashlishi avid. But it could make the second hand into a shlishi. Um. So what we end up coming out with is as follows. According to Rabbi Yehoshua what it seems is, is that anything that makes Truma unfit through contact makes the hand's tummy as Shaneos which would then mean that, so, so sorry. Yeah. So, so what, what that, would then mean is, um, that one hand makes the second hand into, um, a shiny as well. Right, because anything that makes Truma unfit through contact makes the hand tummy as a shani. So according to Rabbi Yeshua, you have one hand, it it would make Truma unfit through contact. So it would therefore make the second hand into a shani. Um, which would then mean that if it touches Kodesh, it makes his Kodesh into a Shlishi, which in turn can make other Kodesh then into a Revee, which means that the Kodesh is something that is unfit. Um that would be how we would explain Rabbi Yeshua. Um And then according to the sages, where he says a shani, the hand itself cannot make the second hand into a shani, which means it only makes it into a shlishi. That according to and the shlishi could make kodesh unfit on the level of a ravie, but that's all that it can do because a ravie cannot pass on impurity even um, to to anything so what we end up seeing here then is that we have a machlokes, we have a dispute between rabbi yeshua and the sages rabbi yeshua would seem to say that in fact the kodesh that is touched by the second hand could in fact make some types of other things impure such as other kodesh whereas the sages argue and say that is not the case so now the gemara says perhaps we don't necessarily have conclusive proof that we have a machlokes, that we have a dispute about this how do you know that the sages mean that the first hand makes the second one a shlishi? Perhaps they mean that the first hand makes the second hand neither a shani nor a shlishi. Meaning, in other words, maybe they just disagree altogether with the stringency of our Mishnah and they believe that one hand does not affect the other one at all, even with regard to Kodesh. But those who do subscribe, to the stringency of our mishnah that a second hand that one hand makes a second hand tameh, impure it would mean that it would make the second hand a shani, which would then can mean that um which then can mean everybody would agree that um or at least everybody could theoretically agree that the second hand makes kodesh into a shlishi, which would mean that the shlishi now the kodesh now That Kodesh could make other Kodesh impure. So we really don't know that we have a machlokas tanayim, that we have a machlokas between the sages, um, whether the second hand is able to make the... If you subscribe to the stringency of the Mishnah, we don't have clear proof that there is a machlokas tanayim, at least that there's a machlokas, at least on the level of scholars of the Mishnah, um, whether the second hand can make kodesh unfit and therefore not able to impurify something else contaminate something else or tame, and therefore make something able to contaminate something else we don't have a clear proof on that um, so Ella Kihani tonight rather the issue of whether the second hand has the ability to make the kodesh into tame versus unfit is actually um, is is actually dependent on the following disputes between Tanayim, between scholars of the Mishnah, Ditanya, because we learned in a brisa as follows, um, and this is a brisa that we saw earlier. Yad neguva metamez chaverta. We say a dry hand that is tameh makes the second hand tameh, latame makodesh, which is tameh enough to make kodesh tameh, but not to make truma tameh. Divir Rabbi, the, those are the words of Rabbi. Rebios be Yehudah Omer, Yosef the son of Rabbi says, Osayad. the stringency applies only to that hand, which was originally Tameh, only that is able to give over the type of tuma to something else that can then make Kodesh um, Tameh. So we already said that. Lift Sol of And furthermore, the stringency is only meant to give the second hand the ability to make Kodesh unfit, but not actually Tameh to the extent that it can now contaminate something else. So it's clearly then a machlokis Tanayim, whether the stringency that a hand makes Tameh, a second hand, um, whether it is, um, makes, it's clearly a machlokis Tanayim, whether it can make the Tameh, the Kodesh into something that is Tameh, or if it makes it into just being unfit. And that's what we would seem to see because it's very clear that in this Mishnah, and this Brisa, which is, again, scholars from the Mishnaic age, we'd seem to see very clearly that they would hold that um, that all it does is make it unfit, but not Tameh. Whereas we saw in the previous brysa that we quoted, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Mishnah that we quoted, um, where Rabbi Yeshua very clearly feels that it actually can make it Tameh, not just unfit. So what we end up having is a machlokis tanaim, a machlokis of scholars of the Mishnaic age, whether, in fact, the second hand can make Kodesh Tameh, which would mean that it can contaminate something else, or just unfit, um, and it could not contaminate something else. Okay, we're now going to discuss the Mishnah's tenth stringency that Ch- Kodesh has over Chuma. You're allowed to eat dry foods with contaminated hands in the case of Truma, but not in the case of Kodesh. Because the rule generally is, is that um, if a food is not wet, then it cannot contract tuma impurity. So we say that we apply that to Truma, but not into the case of Kodesh. With Kodesh, we are going to be extra stringent and say that even if your hands are dry, uh, I'm sorry, even if the food is dry, you still cannot eat from it. Tanya we learned in a ben Antignos. Antignos said neguva l'kodesh. Is there any advantage to something dry in the case of kodesh, right? Meaning what's the chiddish? What's the novelty of our mishnah that that if that dry food you um That you cannot eat it with um contaminated hands if the food is kodesh that would seem to be obvious. We, show, we don't need a Mishnah to teach us that because being dry in, uh, regarding Kodesh is actually makes no difference. Why? The very esteem that people have for Kodesh makes them susceptible to Tumah, even without becoming wet. So why do we need a Mishnah to tell us that this is a problem? There seems to be this very well known idea That the esteem that we have for Kodesh makes it hokshar, makes it susceptible to Tumah, even without being wet. That's the question we have here. So we answer, So we say, no. Where the Mishnah's um, idea is necessary, where the Mishnah's stringency is necessary, um, goes like this. it the, re- the reason we need the Mishnah to teach us that you can eat, um, you cannot eat dry foods with contaminated hands for kodesh, is as follows: for a case where one's friend stuck kodesh foods into his mouth for him, the kush of the karkar, or which he stuck the kodesh food into his own mouth using a toothpick or stick. If he wanted to eat a radish or onion of Hulin together with the kodesh that he's eating so again so he's tame and but the way he's getting the kodesh into his mouth is either his friends putting it in um sorry his hands are tame and the way he's getting the Kodesh into his mouth is either his friends putting it into his mouth, or he's using um, toothpicks, so he's not using his own hand. But as he's eating Kodesh, he also wants to eat a radish or onion of Hulin together with the Kodesh. Um, um, and what he's doing is then is using his hand to put the that Hulin to put the radish or the onion into his mouth. Um, now... His hand cannot be metame, cannot make impure the radish or the onion because those are hulin. Um, and a hand does not make a um, it does not make a hand which is a sheni, a second degree of tuma, does not make a third degree of tuma for chulen. So theoretically, what he's doing is all completely fine. Um, so, and this is the case that the mission is referring to, Lakodish For Kodish food, the rabbis decreed that they cannot be eaten simultaneously with the Huan food that he's using his tummy hands to do because we're worried that perhaps the his hand will touch the Kodish, which is already in his mouth and render it tummy truma but for truma foods the rabbis did not decree regarding them that they should not be eaten with cool foods with his tummy hands um so we ext- we have this decree for kodesh where we're more stringent but not for Chuma. now how exactly so now let's just remind ourselves the way the mishnah said the stringency is that you cannot eat dry foods with contaminated hands and what we're saying when it comes to kodesh and what we're really saying is is that you cannot eat dry Hulin foods with contaminated hands, and it really makes a difference whether they're dry or wet. So you can't eat Hulin foods with contaminated hands while you're eating kodesh in a permissible way either through a toothpick or someone else putting it into your mouth. So the, the where how we see in the words of the Mishnah this stringency is a is is an important discussion that we won't have today, but certainly something to be aware of okay let's talk about the last stringency in the mishnah we said that in onen someone that who um, is um, lost a loved one and has not been buried yet and a this is somebody that went through a purification process and we did everything except for brought the korban um, in some purification processes you need to bring a sacrifice the next day so he didn't do that but um, and what we said about that is that he has to immerse himself for Kodesh, but not for Chuma. My time. Well, what's the reason that these people have to immerse themselves for Kodesh? Um, they're not Tameh. They're not impure. So we answer. So we say, since it, until this point in time, they were not allowed to eat Kodesh. Because you're not allowed to eat Kodesh if you were an Onin. And you're not allowed to eat Kodesh if you were going through this purification process um, until you reach this last step. So we say that because you're going from the transition from not being allowed to eat Kodesh to now being allowed to at or banat Tefillah, we required you to immerse first. Um, so that's the idea here. Okay. Um, I think this is a good place to stop. Um, there's a lot of complicated things. And we'll pick up from the Mishnah on the bottom of 24b um in our next uh in our next podcast take good care